Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. No. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents 50 Foot Ant's first story. Credited to 50 Foot Ant on something awful. And narrated by Atticus Jackson. Chapter 19 In my mind, I had it all worked out. Vault over the CQ counter, land on my feet, reach out with one hand and snatch Nagel forward. Use the momentum generated by that to get in close, slam the knife into his belly, give it a quarter twist before dragging it out and doing it again. He'd cut me, probably pretty good, but that was rule number one in a knife fight. You're gonna get cut. I knew it. He probably didn't. My feet hit the snow on top of the floor and went out from under me. Fuck! My head bounced off the counter and everything vanished in a white flash for a split second. Nancy Nagel was turning, one arm coming up to protect herself, falling toward me. The knife was still coming down. My head hit the snow-covered floor and bounced. My whole body went tingly and everything went blurry. There were two Nagels fighting with two killers. All four of them were fuzzy, out of focus, and my legs and arms twitched spasmodically as I tried to get my body to get up, get to my feet. Get up, 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 get up. Nagel hit the floor and the figure put a boot into her stomach. She screamed, a choking high sound of animal agony. On your feet! My father's voice rang in my head, impossible to deny. I was on my feet, one hand against the counter to keep myself balanced. The knife was in my hand, heavy but familiar. I thrust myself away from the counter toward him, the knife back and away from my body. He was bending down to grab her. The knife looped out around his neck and I grabbed the top of his parka, pulling his head backwards, and the Gerber, a birthday gift from my brother, sliced around the front of his neck, biting deep and catching on something for a moment. An elbow caught me in the mouth as he suddenly straightened up 
sending stars spangling across my vision, making me stumble back against the counter. He turned and faced me, standing up straight and holding the bayonet in his fist, point down. Standard downward stabbing hold. I could see his bloodshot eye through the hole in the cold weather mask. His teeth, missing one of the front ones, bared through the little slit. The part that covers the mouth was hanging down, and I knew it was to let him breathe. I was using the counter to hold myself up, everything blurry around me, my head ringing with pain. I needed to vomit, my stomach cramping and nausea making my head swim. There was a slash across the throat of his parka, stuffing puffed out of it, and the button in the middle of his throat had a bright mark where my blade had scored across it. I'd missed the kill, forgot to take into account the thick cold weather gear. Nancy was crawling away, leaving a black trail in the snow, her flashlight and mine still illuminating the snow-filled room around us. She wasn't whimpering, wasn't crying, just slowly crawling across the snow. You killed Bomber. It was tough standing up on my feet, since I couldn't feel my legs but rage began to drive me. Fuck what I was taught. Screw the whole keep your cool mantra. You killed Nancy. Overwhelming fury could do a lot. I shook my head, reminding myself I'd taken harder hits at the Green Goose Club in Fulda, that this asshole didn't have anything on me. I was made of twisted steel and sex appeal. All the ladies love a killer. He came at me, knife brought back over his head, trying to rush me against the counter and use his large size and bulk to pin me, and then finish me off at his leisure with a bayonet. Yeah. I stepped into him, grabbing his upraised wrist, letting him grab mine and drove my forehead into his face. My vision went white, but something crunched. The hand on my wrist weakened and I pushed the blade forward, feeling resistance. I smashed my forehead forward again, feeling another crunch. The blade went in a little further and I twisted my wrist. He screamed then and I kneed him in the crotch, the blow losing most of its power from the cold weather gear protecting him. Something landed on my shoulder, sparking bright pain that I quickly ignored. And then that happened. A hard yank pulled his hand away from mine, and I grabbed him around the waist like I loved him and was drawing him in for a kiss. He used an empty hand to drive a fist into my side, and our feet tangled up and we went down on the floor. Hard. Another white flash and someone was screaming, punching me in the face, each punch causing a white flash in the darkness. I pulled back my arm, yanking it free of whatever was holding onto it, and I drove my fist, Gerber fighting knife leading the way all the way to the hilt, into something. Another white flash, and I knew I was being pushed away, landing on my back in the snow, but the room had gone pitch black. I could hear sobbing, and I grabbed out with my other hand, my fingers wrapping around a large boot. I grabbed it and pulled, and I heard someone hit the ground with a scream. I drove my knife into the leg just above my hand, 
twisting the blade around and dragging it off to the side. Another scream. The other boot came back and hit me in the face, invisible in the darkness. Sobbing and moaning, something moved away from me in the darkness, but I couldn't remember why it was important. I managed to push myself onto my back, staring up into the pitch black. I laid there for a long moment, just staring into the blackness. I kept probing at my broken teeth, and the pain made sparks appear in my vision. Ed? Nagel's voice. I'm here, Nancy. Ed, honey, I need your help, she said softly. Where's your flashlight? I'll help you. I told her, rolling onto my side and pushing myself half up. Aunt? Oh, fuck, Aunt. She said, and I heard movement in the snow. I whipped my knife around at it. Damn it, Aunt, stop it! Nancy yelled, and I laid down on my side in the snow. Another rumble, and I felt the snow push me a few inches into the darkness. Aunt? I'm going to touch your face, okay? Nagel said. Okay. And I said laying there. I felt her gloved fingers glide over my face. I heard her flashlight click several times, but no light illuminated the room. Aunt? Her voice was full of pain and sorrow. Yeah. I reached out to touch her face and felt her grab my wrist in the darkness and pull my hand over to her cold cheek. Baby, I'm sorry, she told me. I think you're blind. Hello, Bill Band here from the All 80s Movies Podcast to tell you about Factor Meals. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get your 50% off today. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Chapter 20 Nagel grabbed my wrist and then pulled the knife from my fingers. I could feel warm drops hitting my face and felt her cold gloved fingers on mine, touching my eyes, the warm throbbing agony of my nose, then across my lips. 
which felt overinflated and pulsed in time with my nose. Her hands left me, and I heard a rustling noise, a crunching in the snow, and then her hands were guiding me up to my feet. She threw my arm over her and gasped as I leaned against her. Something large and tubular was pressed into my hand, and my boots crunched in the snow as I tried to get my feet under me. Come on, baby. She muttered, pulling me forward into the darkness. We turned to my left, and I slammed face first into the door jamb, screaming, dropping whatever it was I was holding in my hand, and grabbing my face as I went ass first into the cold snow. Sparks filled my vision, chasing one another in the darkness, and my teeth awoke with a roar of agony that made my head swim. I fell over to the side and vomited again in the snow. Her hands were touching me, rubbing my back, rubbing my high and tight. I lost my hat. Come on, Aunt. She muttered, pulling me to my feet when I was done retching into the snow. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. She mumbled, pulling me forward. We paused for a second, and she grabbed my wrist, putting my hand on the banister. Come on, Aunt. I need you. She said. She was breathing hard, and I felt her shiver under my arm. I tripped and fell face first on the landing, barely getting my arm up in time. And I lay there, my foot kicking as I tried to process the instructions to get up, while my lower body kept trying to walk up the stairs. I'm hurt bad, Nancy. I groaned, finally pushing myself up. I stayed on all fours, retching into the snow again, every heave filling my vision with bright white and causing a sharp pain in my head that made me want to do it again. The snow-covered ice chilled my knees through my pants, pain radiating from my kneecaps, and the wind whipping around me in the stairwell. I need you to get up, Aunt. Please, I need you. She begged, pulling on me. It was pitch black in the stairwell, and I crawled around until my hands hit the stairs. I fumbled over till they grabbed the railing and used it to pull myself up. Beneath us, a door crashed open, and something screamed long and loud. The stairwell vibrated as something began walking up the steps with slow, deliberate footfalls. Something that moved in the dark, the snow, and the wind. One foot in front of the other. Keep moving. It was all I could do in the darkness. Wretch while you move. Don't stop. The footsteps were slow, deliberate, unhurried. Come on, Aunt! Nagel yelled, pulling on me. I stumbled against her and she drugged me through the snow, one arm thrown across her shoulders. Into the wind, the snow biting my cheeks. My earlobe shrieked in pain as the wind changed directions. My feet were going in all kinds of different directions. Behind me, in the darkness, I could hear the staircase thump with each step of whatever dark thing was rising out of the depths of the building. The building where the winter had been let in. The building where not only a psycho was more than likely holed up, but a building where the cold, the ice, the winter had been allowed in.
The building was something with long arms clad in tattered and dirty BDUs, with white hands that had blackened flesh the fingers, and gleaming white bones for talons, hunted in the cold and dark. Someone was whimpering in the darkness. There was a banging, and I flinched back from the flashes of white light and the pain that each impact made. But someone, Nancy, pulled me back, almost pulling me off my feet. Open the door! Please, you have to hurry! Nancy called out. There was a scraping noise, and something pulled me forward out of the wind and cold and into warmth. Not a warm room, but not the killing cold that was outside the room. Oh, fuck. What happened to you two? Carter asked, and I felt someone grab my arm. I pulled back, snarling, and swung at them. Fuck you and your cold weather mask. You can't see. Nancy half sobbed. Aunt, Aunt, relax. It's Carter. Someone grabbed my arm, and this time I let them drag it over their shoulders. I went limp. My legs drained of energy, disconnected from the rest of me. My brain was telling them to walk, to carry me forward, but my legs were ignoring my brain and taking a break. Can you do anything? Carter asked. I retched again, bringing up nothing but a few strings of saliva and bile, and agony across the front of my mouth. In a minute, get me the first aid pack, Hernandez. She ordered, and I was being sat down in the chair. Carter, get a cold towel. Clean off his face and his head. What happened? Lewis asked. Aunt got his ass kicked by Santa. What does it look like fucking happened? Nagel snarled. Fuck, he's bleeding everywhere. Carter answered, and I felt them move away. There was a rustling noise around me, and I resisted the urge to curl up in a ball and cover the back of my head with my hands. Did you find Daniels? He's fucking, fucking gone. gone. Carter and Nagel said at the same time. Nagel, you're bleeding, Hernandez said. I felt a hand fumble at my shoulder, and I half-turned, slapping it away, trying to move away from it. Easy, Aunt. Bomber. Hey, John. I said, grabbing his hand with both of mine. I sobbed for a second, holding onto my best friend's hand. I can't see, man. Dandy's out there, and I can't see. My career's over. They're gonna throw me out. I began crying, lost and afraid in the darkness that no flashlight would ever chase away. It'll be all right. Aunt, you'll see. Nancy's got us. I'm right here, and you won't let anything happen to either of us. He told me, squeezing my hands. He coughed and then groaned. We never let each other down yet. Oh, God, this hurts. I heard Nancy moan and I turned to look at her. Carter, I need your help. In Saul, only darkness shot through with bright sparks. She's okay, buddy. Palmer told me, squeezing my hand. You're bleeding pretty fucking bad. Hernandez said. I fucked up, man. 
I told him. He shushed me and squeezed my hand again. Next year, we got at my parents' ranch, and you could just fuck my sister. He told me, and we both laughed, his laugh broken up by a cough and a deep groan. Or we'll stay in Fulda and drink till we're bulletproof. That'll have to work, I heard Nancy say. My vision swam, and I leaned forward in the chair and began dry-heaving, my head threatening to burst each time I tried to bring something up and failed. White flashes and bright sparks kept filling my vision. There was a roaring noise in my ears, which just made things worse. When things swam back into normalcy, as normal as sitting in a chair surrounded by blackness could be, I heard Nagel say, I'm going. There were footsteps, and Bomber squeezed my hand. I could hear the door open, and then shut and lock. Who left? I asked, holding tight to Bomber's hand and looking around. Nancy, she'll be right back, Bomber told me. She's going to try to get into the other offices. Lewis sneered. Stupid bitch is going to get killed. I tried to stand up and fell back into the chair when Bomber tugged on my hand. Lewis laughed at me and I felt myself turning red. The anger made my head pound and I was sick again. I could vaguely hear a crashing noise and the rhythmic slamming just made my head pound harder. You couldn't find Daniels? Lewis asked after a couple of minutes. No, the bathroom was empty. I told him. Bullshit. He couldn't have just disappeared. He scoffed. You didn't disappear, you fucking moron. You was taken. Carter answered for me. Tandy fucking grabbed him right out of his goddamn boots. I nodded and groaned as the motion made my head pound again. I was awash in a sea of agony, cast adrift. The currents of suffering carrying me from a jagged crest of pain to a deep trough of agony. My mouth throbbed. My nose felt like it had been snapped off. I felt like I was breathing through ground glass. My shoulder hurt like a bastard. The sound of the door shutting and locking pulled me out of my haze of pain. Did you get anything? Carter asked. Yeah. No thanks to you two. She snarled. I get the first aid kits out of the platoon offices. There was a short pause. We got lucky. SFC Andrews had the platoon combat lifesaver bags in the locker. Thank God. I heard Hernandez breathe. I'll check Ant first, then take care of the rest of you. Nagel promised. Hey, don't you have any painkillers in those bags? Lewis asked. My legs are fucking killing me. No, they aren't. Nagel snarled. Bomber's appendix is killing him. Ant's head might be killing him. Your legs are just fucking broken. Now shut the fuck up. Bitch. Lewis muttered. Call her a bitch again, and I'll stomp your broken legs, you ungrateful cock. Bomber said his voice low and ugly. 
Footsteps moved over in front of me, and Bomber squeezed my hand. Aunt, can you see this? Nagel asked me. No, I admitted. Lean forward, she told me, then cursed. I felt cold fingers touch the back of my scalp and flinched. Hold still, damn it. She poked at the back of my head some more, and I dry heaved for a few moments when she pressed on my skull. My vision went white, and a rushing noise filled my ears. Fuck, she said. All right, give me the suture kit. Where did you learn all this? Lewis asked. I went to turn my head, but strong hands grabbed either side of me and held my head still. Correspondence courses, she admitted. Damn it, I'd give my clit for a real aid kit, like one of the SF bags. She pulled at my lower lips and lifted my upper lip with her finger, then touched my nose. I didn't make much noise, but let's be honest, it hurt like a motherfucker. And put your hands behind your back, she told me. I let go of Bomber's hand and put my hands behind me in the chair. A noose went over my wrists and pulled snug. I tried to pull forward, but a hand and Nagel's voice stopped me. I sat there while my hands were tied behind the chair. Hold his head, she ordered, and I felt strong hands grab under my chin and the top of my head, and arms wrapped around my skull in a modified sleeper. He might pass out, but he's going to try to fight us. Nagel stitched up my lips, the left corner of my upper lip, and four splits in my lower lip. She then put her fingers on either side of my nose and wrenched it into place. Sharp pains ticked up the back of my skull, and the tugging feeling meant someone was prodding at my brain. I was being tortured for the sight codes. I'm not telling you shit! I grumbled and spit blood out. More pain, and I tried to pull my head free, but whoever was tuning me up had me held too tight. Pain in my shoulder that made me yell. I slumped forward when it was done. Fuck you, I spit. They started on my face again. Finally, it was over and I sagged forward. I sat in the darkness for a long time, the pain finally ebbing. And I remembered where I was and lifted my face. Aunt, do you know who I am? A woman's voice asked. Nancy. I breathed and leaned forward, trying to find her. My cheek hit her stomach, warm and covered by a t-shirt. Her arms went around me gently. Untie his wrists, she said, and the cords were unwrapped from my wrists. I threw my arms around her and held tight. So what's the bright plan now? Lewis bitched from where he was at. It might have killed him, Nancy said, gently rubbing my back. So now we try to wait out the storm. Someone needs to go for help, Lewis said, like none of us had thought of that before. Well, I might as well cut their throat myself, Nancy retorted. Anyone who goes out there is a fucking dead man. The wind is up, the temperature is dropping, and daylight is coming. So fucking what? 
At least in the daylight they might make it. Lewis sneered. Anyone out there in the daylight is going to get blinded, confused, and lost, Carter added. Then someone needs to... Lewis's voice suddenly broke off and there was a sigh. Lewis? Hernandez asked. Move! Nancy yelled, pushing my arms away and leaving my touch. I groped around blindly and found another hand to hold. What's wrong with him? Carter asked. He was fine a second ago. There was silence for a long time. I don't know. He's dead. Nancy said softly. I don't know why. But he's dead. She sobbed for a moment. God damn it, there was nothing wrong with him. Just broken legs. Come away, Nagel. There's nothing you can do. Hernandez said softly. I could hear Nancy weeping quietly, and after a few moments, someone took my free hand. Come on, Ed. Hernandez said, pulling me up to my feet. Whoever was holding my hand let go, and Hernandez led me through the darkness until my feet bumped into a mattress. Lay down. Keep her calm. Hernandez said, pulling my hand over till I felt Nagel's hair. I pulled her down on the mattress and wrapped my arms around her. She was shaking from her tears, and I nuzzled the back of her head, making noises that really didn't mean anything, but meant everything to the two of us. We stayed that way for a long time, until she rolled over in my arms and kissed my bottom lip. Can you see me? She asked. Nope, I admitted. She nestled against me for a long moment, then raised her head and kissed the side of my neck. I... She began. There was a hammering on the door. Guys, let me in! Daniel's voice carried through the wood. It's cold out here. Don't. Another three hard blows on the door. Open. Guys, come on, this isn't funny. I'm cold. Daniel's voice was infectionless, drained of everything that made his voice his. Even his Brooklyn accent was gone. The door. Come on, guys. I'm cold. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast... Or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at CreepyPastaWikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Item number. SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was at 7219 <laughs> laughing. Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.